And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb Lion Ministries. And we thank you for tuning in to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. Hey, for those of you following us live on social media or pray.com, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if you open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for all those who are tuned in, especially this being a holiday week. We just praise you for uh, the remembrance of your birth, Lord, how you came as a human, uh, small and weak, to give your life so that we might be saved and have fellowship with you forever. That's truly an amazing thing, Lord. So we thank you and we praise you and we thank you for all who are tuned in. And uh, Lord, we pray for your blessing upon them as well as we study your word. In your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Mm, amen. Again, you're tuned into the Truth Was Set Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We're diving into the wonderful book of Ezekiel. So we want to encourage you to get your Bibles ready and follow along with us in this amazing study. Yeah, but before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones to the program. Nate, it's great to be back with you. Hey, great as always, brother. Hey, I hear that you have added to your family. Can you tell us about it? Nathan, I am. I we were just blessed with our third granddaughter. Her name is uh, Alethea. They call her Leah. And yes, my daughter Hannah just had our third granddaughter, and we're so excited, Nathan. It's such a wonderful thing to have grandkids. Oh, congratulations, man! I, I wouldn't know that yet. No grandkids on the way. Not even son or daughter-in-laws. I'm younger than you, a lot younger, so I got a ways to go. But <laughs> congratulations, oh. brother! Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Yeah, it's it's really neat uh, when the Lord blesses us with children. So I really appreciate that. And uh, uh, we're very excited. My wife is very excited because all my grandkids are girls, Nathan. So I'm waiting for that boy. I know, man, you need a boy to spoil, play baseball and catch with and take the monster truck rallies and all that good stuff. <laughs> exactly. Or if not, we're going to have three tomboys for girls. OK. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Oh, well, that's great, man. Congratulations. Oh, thank you, Nathan. Uh, yeah, so it's really, uh, it's really a wonderful blessing. But uh, talking about blessing, Nathan, maybe someone is new to our program and uh, they don't know about our resources or what we do. Can you share with them a little bit about the ministry? Well, we're sure glad you tuned in. The Truth Will Set You Free. It's the podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. Vic and I are evangelists on staff with Lamb and Lion. Uh, it's a Bible prophecy ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Most folks know us from our television program, uh, Christ in Prophecy, which airs uh, on all the major networks. Uh, Tim Moore, our director, and myself are the hosts. And uh, we checked out our website. I highly recommend It's called ChristinProphecy.org. We have a wealth of information about Bible prophecy, uh, articles, videos, uh, social media, uh, e-newsletter you can sign up for, free magazines. We just want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and to get excited like we are about Christ's soon return. So we invite you to download our app, the Lamb Lion app, or check out our website at lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Nate. Yes, yeah, so wonderful resources for those of you that are new to our podcast. Uh, again, resources to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Uh, thank you so much, Nathan. Nathan, we, we're living in exciting times as we look at uh, what God is doing. So many amazing signs uh, of the times uh, pointing to the soon return of the Lord. 
Uh, and we see that really in the way that our country is developing. Uh, we, you turn on the news and you can see Bible prophecy being fulfilled uh, right before your eyes. And we know that God has an amazing plan uh, for Israel as a nation. You and I, we call that a super sign. Uh, those of us that have been alive to see uh, this nation regathered and back in their land, it's really an amazing thing. And, and we believe that we are seeing Bible prophecy at the door, Nathan. So when, when, we, when you and I, Nathan, turn on the news and we see all the things that are happening around the world, uh, we don't get depressed. We actually get excited because we know that that's pointing to the soon return of the Lord, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It always gets darkest before the dawn and we are getting into a darker time period. Think of the uh, Respect for Marriage Act, which really ought to be called the Disrespect for Traditional Marriage Act or respect for only gay marriage acts, but the outgoing administration is making sure that they push every ungodly law through as fast as they can, uh, budget overreach, uh, uh, open border, 1,500 people illegally entered on December 12th through El Paso. I mean, it's just, it's a destruction we're seeing of the United States, and it's really sad. It's a destruction of the West, uh, but we know that this all has to happen for the Antichrist to rise out of Europe, as prophesied. So, uh, that's the time we're living in. But so usually you tell us uh, what title you've given this episode. Maybe you could share that again, brother. What title are we calling this study of Ezekiel 20? Yeah, walking in God's statues. So for those of you that just tuned in again, as we look at Ezekiel, walking in God's statues. And I think, Nathan, is that it applies also to uh, what we should be doing in these dark times uh, as God was also encouraging uh, the children of Israel. So when you say statues, you mean like a big stone statue of God and we stand behind it or one of these statues everybody's trying to tear down like Abraham Lincoln for some reason? Are we talking Actually, about statues? Yeah, that's a very good question because, right, statues. Yeah, I'm sorry if that's my Bronx Spanish accent. No, mixing. not at all. Not at all. I just wanted to clarify in case people are wondering, what are we talking about? Standing in God's oh. statue. Yeah, you're right. Statute. You know, what is that statute? That, that's a that's a good word, man. I'm going to have to look that up. What is a statute? According to dictionary.com, it's an enactment made by a legislator and expressing a formal document. Uh, when it comes to international law, it's an instrument annexed or subsidized to an international agreement as a treaty, or it's a permanent rule established by an organization. I assume you mean the third one, right? Walking in God's moral law. Exactly. See, Nathan, you beat me to it. I was going to try to impress the audience today by looking up the meaning, but there you have it. <laughs> uh, my typing skills are faster. <laughs> no, that's good. You, walking in God's history, walking in God's oh my thunder, Nathan. You, you know what? Let's start this program again, okay? <laughs> I'm just busting your chops, brother. That's all. <laughs> I know. But actually, it was good the way that you asked that question, Nathan, because when you talk about statues, the way that it sounds, immediately people were probably thinking about a statue. But we are talking about a written law, moral law. And you and I, of course, are talking about really Ezekiel chapter 21. We're going to pick it up in verse 19 because this is God's instruction uh, for his people. So for those of you that are new to our program, we have a lot of fun here. We want to invite you to get your Bibles and follow along with us as we dive into Ezekiel chapter uh, 20, picking it up in verse 19. Nathan, would you be okay uh, reading for us verses 19 through 21 in case somebody doesn't have a Bible? As always, yeah, just to clarify, we're in Ezekiel chapter 20. We haven't reached 21 yet. 
But uh, just to give you a little background so you know where we're jumping in here, is that this is the end of Jerusalem. All of Israel and Judah had pretty much been taken away in exile about 2,600 years ago. And the remaining elders of Israel are like, what's going on here? So after ignoring God all their lives, they're finally turning to Ezekiel and they're saying, hey, we want to know the answer from God. What's the deal here? Why is he letting his people be destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar? And this is where we get then Ezekiel gives God's very long answer. I mean, God just says, all right, Ezekiel, explain it to him. He says, hey, I loved you. I took care of you. Uh, I helped you become a nation. I rescued you from the Egyptians. And how have you treated me? You've ignored me. You've blasphemed me. You've worshipped idols. You've chased after other gods. And uh, so this is it. He's God's being openly both barrels of the elders says, you guys brought this on yourself. You don't want me helping you. Oh. So this is where we're at. This is in the middle of, of his expositions, why God is uh, abandoning the Jewish people at that time period. And of course, we know God never truly abandons him, but he's taking away his hedge of protection. So verse 19 and through 21 says, I am the Lord, your God, walk in my statutes, keep my judgments and do them. Hallow my Sabbaths, and they will be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord, your God. Notwithstanding, the children rebelled against me. They didn't walk in my statutes and were not careful to observe my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. But they profane my Sabbaths. Then I said I would pour out my fury on them and fulfill my anger against them in the wilderness. Mm. They, 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 this is an amazing passage because really this is nothing new. God had given uh, the children of, of Israel instructions. He had given them the Ten Commandments. And, and I just love here what you read, Nathan. Uh, a number of times we see, we see the word walk. And that is something that is very important. The Christian is oftentimes uh, in, in Scripture instructed to walk, walk according to the ways of God. Uh, walk, uh, walking uh, is, is, is steps. Uh, my granddaughter, Nathan, uh, started walking just recently. The last time she visited us, she was crawling. Now a sign of maturity, she was walking. But listen, Nathan, the good thing is she's walking, but we had to tie everything down around the house so that she would not get into them. <laughs> That's amazing considering she was just born. Well, actually, I'm sorry. That was the one that just turned two. I apologize. I have three of them. <laughs> Again, brother. No, that's okay. Yeah, I'm. Do you remember? Uh, you went to Israel, and you went up to Masada, right? While you were there. Uh, no, I didn't make it to Masada, but yes, I went to Israel. Okay. Well, I've been to Masada a few times, and Masada is a mountain fortress which the remaining Jewish people held out against the Romans for many years. And uh, but it's in the middle of the desert, super bleak. I mean, horrible, horrible place. And there's two ways to get up Masada. You can take the, the um, what do you call it, the cable car, which is the easiest, or you can go up this real dangerous trail that goes up the side of them. Everybody I've seen go up there, it looks like they're about to die by the time they get up to Masada. <laughs> you wander off that trail, then you find yourself in the desert. And it's very quickly easy to succumb to the heat, uh, the deadly animals, the thirst. I mean, it's awful. And that's what the Lord's saying here. He says, and now he's talking when he's talking about wilderness. He's not just, I mean, there's a metaphorical wilderness, but he's also talking about the, the time when the Jewish people were brought out of Egypt. And, you know, within two years, they're ready to go into the land. But the people panic and said, oh, no, no, only Joshua and Caleb came back as spies and said, hey, we've got God on our side. No problem. So because they kept rebelling against God for 40 years, the Jewish people wandered in the wilderness, uh, both physically uh, but metaphorically, too, we can look at that. And he's saying the same thing. 
And all throughout your history, the hundreds of years that you've been a nation, you guys keep walking off the path and ending up in the desert lost, and you're purposely doing it. And so he says, if you're not walking in under my protection, under my statutes and laws, my love, my morality, and that you're lost and you're going to die in the wilderness. And that's the kind of the point that God's making here. Nathan, and I love that because walking uh, uh, has to do here, you know, the importance of walking in his statutes and, and walking in his law, his written uh, laws. And uh, I love, you know, those uh, those things that were written for the children of Israel uh, in Exodus uh, chapter one, as we look there, because these were instructions, instructions for them to live, instructions in how they be behave and instructions on how they should walk. And also regarding the day of rest, the Sabbath. And in Exodus 20, verse 1, it says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves carved image in any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on earth beneath, or that is in the waters or under the earth. Verse 5 says, You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God, I am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to their third and fourth generation to those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands and those who love me and keep my commands. I love that, Nathan, right? Keep his statutes, his command, his laws. And we find that when we do that, uh, then the blessings come upon us. But if not, it's almost like a parent uh, with a child. If the child is not walking according to the parent's guidelines, there's discipline that comes along. And you and I talked about that here when it comes to the children of Israel. Yeah, I mean, you're reading that famous passage in Exodus 20, which is most people recognize are the Ten Commandments. There was actually 613 commandments that the Lord had given the Jewish people to help them know how to survive in the wilderness, um, how to survive life as a nation, but most importantly, how to be a good moral people, to, to love God and love their neighbors as themselves. And uh, they just couldn't, do it. They they kept falling for the other gods around them, and they wanted to live their own lives apart from God. They wanted to sin. Now, we're not singling out the Jewish people of the past. Everybody on the planet throughout all of history is this way. We're all rebellious. The Bible says in Romans that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But uh, God, like a loving parent, puts these rules and laws and statutes, as we call them, to keep us from stumbling and falling into the desert. And yet we continue to want to go into the desert, and God's trying to protect us from dying. So at this point in Israel's history, uh, about 2600 uh, BC, God's okay. The Babylonians are going to take you away, and because you had neglected my Sabbaths and Jubilee years, you're going to be, and he doesn't tell them, it's 70 years. And for 70 years, you're going to be in exile because you have disobeyed and not held my Jubilee years and my Sabbaths. Now, I'm not saying that. Uh, today that we need to live by the Sabbath. I mean, the law has been done away with by the new covenant of Jesus Christ. We have the Lord's Day, and we, we worship the Lord every minute of every day is the way it should be. But for the Jewish people at that time, they continually to break the Sabbath. And what were the Sabbaths for? Not just rest for the people, but it was a time to commune with God and, and spend time in studies and listen to the rabbis teach the Torah and all. And the people just didn't care. They didn't have any relationship with them. So finally, they're going to go into exile and the Lord would refine a group, a remnant who does love him, and they would get to come back to Israel and rebuild later on. So uh, the Lord uses times in exile in the wilderness to help us come back to him and have that right relationship with him.
Mm, I love that. And Nathan, and that's exactly right, because the following verses there in Exodus actually give us a little more details regarding the Sabbath. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 6 says, But showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commands, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold himself guiltless who takes his name in vain. And verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, know, you nor your sons, nor your daughters, nor your male servants, for, nor your female servants, or your cattle, nor your strangers who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and Saturday. So that was that was really cool, Nathan, because not only that, but actually got blessed that day. You know, little work and, and much abundance when people rested in the Lord. Back when I was in seminary at Southern, uh, we had a professor, Don Whitney, who wrote a book about the spiritual disciplines. And um, it's interesting as Christians, you know, we don't really practice the spiritual disciplines. We're talking about of course, the basic ones, prayer, Bible reading, fellowship, but, you know, service uh, and also the Lord's Day, keeping the Lord's Day. There's many others. I mean, there's whole books written on it. But I remember Dr. Whitney really emphasizing how important it was that we dedicate. I mean, again, we're under the new new covenant, so it doesn't have to be a full day or, you know, it doesn't have to be a certain requirements. Like even in Israel, they don't even push the buttons on their elevators because that's considered work. So you have is Shabbat elevators that stop on every floor. And they hope for a Gentile to be in there so they can push the button for him. But, you know, that's not what God meant. He didn't want to turn the Sabbath into a burden. The people did that. The priests did that to them. They they created so many rules and regulations that the Jewish people were like, why are we doing this? And they lost the purpose. And the purpose was fellowship with the Lord. And that's what happens when we wander off the path and into the wilderness. The Lord's saying, hey, come back to me. Come back to that relationship we had. I love you. I want to be with you as, you know, father and son or father and daughter. And and you're wandering away. And you're right, brother. At times you have to chastise the children to get them to get the right frame of reference. And that's exactly I mean, God's tough love is really coming here in Ezekiel 20. Nathan, and we see the, the hand of God here in this chapter, uh, beginning there on verse 22 through 26. You know, one of the things that is beautiful is the, the hand of a father or the hand of the mother. Uh, one of the most wonderful things is when a father or mother touches a son or a daughter's face, they stroke your face, and it's showing their love, it's showing relationship when they have their hand uh upon you uh, but then it's, it's a total uh, different thing when they withdraw from you when they withdraw their hand from you when they remove that love and that care and that compassion and i kind of see that picture here nathan in verses 22 through 26 uh, in ezekiel chapter 20 because of their disobedience and because they continue to turn their back on god it says there verse 22 nevertheless i withdrew my hand and act there for my name's sake that it would not be profane in the in the sight of the Gentiles in whose sight I have brought them out. Verse 23. Also, I lifted up my hand on an oath to those in the wilderness that I will scatter them among the Gentiles and disperse them throughout the countries because they had not executed my judgment, but had despised my statutes, profaned my Sabbaths, and their eyes were fixed on their father's idols. Verse 25. Therefore, I also gave them up 
to, to statutes that were not good and judgment by which they will not live. And I pronounce them unclean because of their ritual gifts and that they cause all of their firstborns to pass through the fire, that I might make them desolate and that they might know that I am the Lord. Wow, Nathan, that's a pretty tough indictment there. Oh, yeah. And we see a list of Israel's sins there. And uh, it's profaned his Sabbath. In other words, uh, they didn't want to spend time with him. They didn't want him around. And what did they do instead? Instead of going to the God who rescued them from Egypt and made them a family and blessed them and kept their enemies at bay and gave them fertile lands, they chased after demons, which is what idolatry is. It's They were going into demon worship. They were sacrificing their children to Molech. They were sleeping around. They were oppressing the poor. They were stealing from foreigners. I mean, they become, it's like going to the worst corner of your, your inner city. And it's like, well, you know, he sent prophets and he sent uh, the priests and he's, all these people to, to give them the word to call them back and repent. And they just wouldn't do it. And after God's amazing patience, centuries of patience, he's like, all right. And he had through Moses uh, when they were about to enter the land. Moses' last message was, hey, if you stay in the Lord, he'll bless you. If you leave the Lord and you will fall under these curses, and the worst one will be exile. And that's where we're at. We are at probably the lowest point in Israel's his, ancient history. Nathan, and that's a very good point. You know, one of the most frustrating things for a parent is when the, the, the children don't want to listen, where they do not want to follow the guidelines. They do not want to follow the rules that have been set for them. And it's sad because we have a generation today, Nathan, of young people, of youth, uh, rebels, because they don't they, they think their parents are just too uh, outdated with their rules and their regulations and they want to do whatever they want. And we see the chaos that is causing in society today when people don't want to follow uh, certain rules. And Nathan, I remember in my younger years, I remember uh, having that attitude towards my parents and my house and, and setting rules, curfews. And I remember, uh, I thought that it was just ridiculous. And now I had children and that changed things. <laughs> Do you wonder if God, God gives us children so we can understand God's point of view a little better? <laughs> Nathan, I agree. I mean, you know, now my kids also, it's kind of cool because I turns around, now my kids think I'm so wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just something about us when we're young, you know, we, we, we want to leave. Now, my family always called me Bible boy, so I guess I was always the good son. I didn't rebel much. Uh, I had a sister who was quite rebellious. But um, yeah, it's, you just, you have this urge, you want to just do it on your own. You think you know and not have enough information to know everything, and really you don't, and you end up making bad decisions, but you learn from those things. Unfortunately, we can't impart experience to our children. And, you know, we look at society today, and we're like, what in the world? Didn't we learn anything from the Great Depression? Didn't we learn anything from all these wars? Didn't we learn anything from uh, how socialism has destroyed all these nations? No, because each new generation has to learn through experience. They don't listen to the wisdom of the elders. We lack wisdom. We have lots of knowledge. No wisdom, as Dennis Prager says. So um, we're living it again. It's sad to be older and wiser and yet be trapped in a society that still operates as if they're 20 years old. Nathan, that is so true. I, I mean, it, it's just amazing to me how far we can drift when we think that we're wiser than God's word or wiser than the Bible or the, or the laws and the statutes that God has set for us. 
And we find that even as a nation, Nathan, uh, I love to read uh, uh, history about presidents and kings that uh, obeyed God. I was uh, going through the book of Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar at one point thought that he was God until God allowed him to go mad and he was eating grass. And then finally, remember that? Then finally he came back to his senses, Nathan. And it says that he worshiped God and passed a decree that everyone else should do that. And I just think to me that that is a wonderful thing when a nation or when a president recognizes God and, and, and instructs the people to follow his laws and his guidance, you know, otherwise we're going to be a mad, well, we already are a mad country, if you will. <laughs> oh, uh, back to the point we made in the beginning of the program about just the evil, evil dictates coming out of the government as of late. Uh, unbelievable that the fight for abortion to, to murder one's child, you know, the fight for everything that God says is an abomination uh, the violence that we're seeing spread across the the coldness that the Bible prophesied in the end that, that the love of most would grow cold. And that's because we've left the path. We've left God. We've left his moral law. We're in the wilderness dying and we don't even realize it. And brother, it's very hard to see very hard to watch. But we know as Christians that uh, the Lord will return for his children soon and take us up to heaven. And eventually he will return and defeat all these failed, flawed human governments and establish his kingdom on this earth of peace and righteousness and justice. If you're a Christian, that's your citizenship. You're a citizen of the millennial kingdom. And I long for that to come. Woo, praise the Lord, Anthony. That's awesome. And listen, we, we want to encourage those of you that maybe just tuned into the program. You're tuned into our Truth Will Set Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista Nathan Jones, looking at Ezekiel chapter 20, a message titled Walking in God's Statues. And we want to encourage you, hey, uh, follow God's instructions, especially if you're a young person out there and you you you, you think you kind of know it all and you have been disobeying your parents. I want to encourage you, uh, turn to the Lord, turn to his word, uh, heed what God has to say through those that have lived a uh, life longer than you and, and in obedience to his word and you will be blessed. Uh, Nathan, I just think also uh, young people can be such a great example uh, to others uh, by obeying uh, God's laws and, and, and shining a light. And you and I, uh, God has allowed us to do that because of our relationship with Jesus. Apart from the Lord, we too would have been these lost rebels. So we want to share with those of you that are part of the program that don't have a relationship with the Lord. This is an opportunity that God has given to you. He is instructing you for, uh, through his words so that you can come to him uh, and, and, and be in, in obedience and lining up with his word and his statues. And there is still time. We believe that nothing happens by coincidence, but by divine appointment. And you happen to be tuned into this program by God's divine appointment because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And Nathan, that's the truth, right? That's why you and I always encourage people to turn to the Lord uh, in the close of our programs. And, uh, and maybe there's someone uh, listening right now, Nathan, that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you might be able to share with them how they can start that relationship even right now. Well, I would turn you to Romans 10, 9 through 10, and it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior yet, if you're still wandering in the wilderness, the Lord is calling you back on the path of righteousness, the path that leads to eternal life. And you can only get on that path through Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me, John 14, 6. So if you have not given your life to the Lord yet, now's the time. Listen to the Holy Spirit tug on your heart. Respond in faith and repentance. Pray from your heart. Something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. and Please be the Savior and Lord of my life. And Jesus will forgive your sins. He will bring you back on that path. You will inherit eternal life, and you will live a new life through him, a wonderful life. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing the wonderful invitation. Hey, and maybe you prayed to receive the Lord. Reach out to us. You can call or text 305-992-9537 or check us out here at uh, Lamb Lion Ministries. And we would love to send you a Bible uh, so that you can continue to grow in your relationship uh, with the Lord. And we also want to celebrate uh, with you. Nathan and I love feedback. We love to hear from you. We love uh, uh, testimonies of what God is doing. So if that's you, uh, let us know because we want to celebrate God's goodness in your life. And Nathan, we do get excited, right? When people tell us that they're following God or that they decided to turn around, that somehow other program has spoken to them. Absolutely. Every time I go to church, I'm greeted by a greeter named Gary Cox. Nicest guy, listens to us all the time, and he just fills my heart with encouragement every time I see him and the other people there at uh, Brookhaven Church. So shout out to them. Thank you for your all's encouraging words, and we thank you so much that you tune into our program. Fantastic. Thank you, Nathan. And yes, we do want to thank all of you who uh, support the program and pray for us. Uh, we thank you. And of course, uh, for this segment of the program, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we thank you for being part of today's program. Nathan, it's always a joy to do these programs with you. Amen. God bless you all. And you all have a great day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye and have an awesome day.